Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Pierre Gasly's favorite <laughs> football podcast. That's Pierre right. Gasly. I'm joined once again, obviously, by my illustrious producer, Joe Thiessen. How's it going, Joe? Fast. Fast. Speedy, sexy. <laughs> and slim. And, yep. Yeah. Well, not me, but. Yeah, me um, neither. Yeah, Pierre yeah. Gasly. Who's that? Pierre Gasly. You know who it is. Yeah, so we're, we, you know, we're both kind of F1 boys now. Yeah. Not going to lie about it. We've both been getting on the, we, we both recently, you more recent than me, yeah. started watching the F1 Drive to Survive on Netflix. At the recommendation of our good buddy Joel, um, wow! <laughs> no, I actually, I, I, uh, I found that show all by myself. You did not. Nobody told me about I it. I told you about it many I times. I just thought it would really piss Joel off if I, <laughs> if I, if you were going to say that, that. you'd watch it because I told you to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, thanks for introducing me to that yeah, show. Yeah. No problem. Uh, Joe Fair. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. Th- thanks, thanks, Joe. It was me, Joe Fair, not yeah. Joel, who introduced you to the show, and I. Yeah. You're welcome for that. Yeah. But yeah, we're big into F1 now. I just almost want to turn this into an F1 pod. Yeah, 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 we should. It would be easier, I think. You think so? Yeah. Why? Are there weekly races? Yeah, I, think, it... I believe so. I don't actually know. That's, Everything this is... shows how much we know about F1. Yeah, I so little. But we, we only know about F1 what's in the documentary. We haven't actually watched any F1 races. But I think they did a fantastic job with that with that show as far as like I watched the Pierre Gasly race where he um wins at Monza. Oh yeah. And um he gets first place and he's a midfield car. Yeah. It's and, a big deal. And that's a big deal. And uh so basically um where was I going with that? You were getting in a yeah, Oh, how good the show was. Yeah. I was so I wasn't. That's not a live race. That happened a long time ago. I was yeah. so invested. Oh yeah, in that race, mm-hmm. like everything that was going on, and and oh man, like when he passed, when he passed, I think it was Perez on this one corner. They were like wheel the wheel. Oh yeah, in, in a small straight, and 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 he like overtook. Oh my! And he says like after the race, he's like, I was just going for it. Yeah, like, he says that was my. He says that was my favorite part. He says I just we. He says if he would have gotten close to me, we both would have been in the wall. But I just <laughs> yeah. I just went for it. He said that was so sick. And then he's screaming, and it's just like, yeah. oh, that was so yeah. awesome. That had me almost in tears at the end of that. Like when he won. Oh, so oh, yeah. cool. I feel like. The documentary is almost more fun to watch. Like you and I are, I think we're gonna get into F one a little bit. This next season starting March twentieth, March twenty second, something like that is when the new races start. So we might, yeah. we might get into it, watch a few races. But I feel like it is almost more fun to watch the documentary well, because now because you see the behind the scenes and yeah. the drama and stuff like that. And you that. also don't, but we also don't know the results. Yeah. So in that Pierre Gasly race, if we would have already watched that season, yeah, we would know. Oh, Pierre Gasly is gonna win it. But it, you sure it would still be exciting yeah. and awesome, but now because it's like we have literally no clue. Is he gonna win this thing? Yeah, you know? exactly. So, yeah. but I guess if when we start watching it on uh, the new in the 2022 season of F1, we can uh, when we watch the Drive to Survive later on, we'll be like, oh, I remember that race, and oh man, you know, yeah, and they'll dramatize it, and yeah, that's it'll thing. be pretty cool. Oh, it'll still be great, and. uh yeah, so we're we're in the process of doing that, uh, learning all about F1. By the way, yes, the Super Bowl happened. Oh my goodness. 
What a game that oh, was. Oh, wow, cool. Anyways, uh, <laughs> so we are, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl later on in the show. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Mike's going to come back on the pod. We're going to break down a fantastic mm-hmm. Super Bowl between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. So look forward to that. We're just talking all Super Bowl today. Nothing else, really. Just Super Bowl. Uh, the final episode of the 2021-2022 NFL season. 2022? Okay, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So yeah. exciting times. We're going to take a little break after this episode, so stay tuned for uh word about that. But, yeah, okay, we're in the process of picking a team as well for F1. F1. I think we've pretty much made up our mind. I think we've made up our mind. But I, but I also have not seen a whole lot about it on uh, on F, on Drive to Survive. So maybe, they, like, I don't know, like, I haven't, they haven't covered their team very much okay. from the episodes that I've seen. I guess I skipped. You did skip a lot. Because I wanted to start at season three, just so I could kind of catch yeah. up with how last season went. I would highly recommend you go back and watch the rest of this show. Yeah. It's a really good show. Like, it's, I, I know that it's kind of far back. It's really, it's, you basically get a timeline of where we're at now. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I don't even know very much about the current state of affairs in the F1. So I still have to ask Joel sometimes who's on which team and stuff. But it's kind of cool to see, like, there is so much driver movement in in F1. Like, Daniel Ricciardo's on a new team every freaking year almost. Yeah. But he's on McLaren. McLaren is a team that we've kind of picked. Yeah. Me, you, and Joel, we all kind of are deciding on a team. And we figured it'd be fun to pick a team that we could all root. Mm Mm-hmm for the same yeah so for me it was kind of down to mclaren and like ferrari yeah kind of want to get in on ferrari because they're like they're ferrari you know they're ferrari yeah and they're not up there right now yeah they kind of had a couple down years yeah i was thinking mclaren or um uh uh, mercedes actually mercedes Uh, we were were talking about this is it the lamest thing ever to get into f1 and say I'm a Mercedes or Red Bull fan. Well, considering the fact that the last 10 years, well, in the season that I was watching now, I don't, I don't know how this last one went, um, but the last 10 years, it's been Red Bull and Mercedes. Yeah, they've dominated like the past fif- yeah. 10, 15 years. It's been just Red Bull and Mercedes. So yeah. It feels <clears throat> very dirty. Like, I like Red Bull. I like the drink. Honestly, I do. <laughs> the drink. I like Max Mercedes Verstappen. cars look so slick. I love oh, Mercedes cars are the coolest so things. I love the sleek black look. Oh, the, man. Ugh. And the silver that they had before that, too. Mm. They just look cooler mm-hmm. than everybody else's cars. Yeah. Like, it just looks like everybody else is like, oh, we got all our fun colors. This is like, oh, look at us. We have a pink one And their cars here. are, like, scary. And an orange. Like, yeah, and then all of a sudden, it's like out of the distance, you just hear a Mercedes car, and they pull up, and it's like, okay, we got to get out of the way, Mercedes. Like, yeah, move. He's yeah. coming through. Mercedes is here, and they're cool. <laughs> it just seems like yeah. the whole Mercedes team is just cool. Yeah. Other oh, than yeah. the second driver. Nobody cares about who the second driver is, but sorry, Valtteri Bottas, and now George He's Russell. He's cool. Yeah, Valtteri Bottas is fine. He was cool. I liked him. Yeah, he was. Like, I liked his mustache. But I'm just seeing like coolness factor. Like, Lewis Hamilton seems like the coolest dude. Like, he just seems yeah. cool. I just don't like him very much. Yeah, that figures. I just... Why? I don't know. It just seems like it. Like, every episode that I've seen, he did something that was kind of illegal, and then he got penalized That's for true. it. That's true. And it's <laughs> like, he's just, like, always trying to bend the rules or, like, <laughs> almost cheat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not really cheat, but... He either wins or he or he gets a 10-second penalty for yeah. wiping somebody out. Wiping somebody out or, or boxing when, when you're not allowed to. Yeah. Or that, that's like, why he. That's why Pierre Gasly won that 
well, he had a pretty good advantage already, but yeah. but the fact that Lewis Hamilton lost, uh, he had to stop. What is it called? The stop and go. Yeah, for a ten second stop and go penalty or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, where he has to go into the pits and stop. Yeah, yeah, and I think he has. I don't know if you've seen the. Uh, he also had one a penalty. He had a penalty in um, practice. He was just mm-hmm. kind of being a little bit of a arrogant <laughs> dude and doing whatever he wanted. And he's like, "Oh, I've never seen that rule." And it's like, well, he started on a no start zone. Yeah, like in in that one episode, like. Dude, it's not called a yes start zone. Yeah. It's called a no start zone. Yeah. But I mean, Toto and Toto Wolf just seems like a cool dude. He's like taller than everybody else. Mm, and he's yeah. Like, he's a tall, he's scary like, looking guy. Sc- tall and handsome. And yeah. it's just like. And he wor- he's buff. Like, yeah. He's, <laughs> he works. There's an episode where he's working out in it. You're like, oh, wow. Like, he just seems like he is just like he. If you were like being super cocky and you're like, you were like talking big stuff and like a party, all of a sudden Toto Wolf comes in, it's like, okay. Yeah, he's the you talk now. He's you. yeah, <laughs> he's the alpha now in the room. Yeah, and all of Ugh. us just can kind of just pipe down a bit. Yeah, that's an alpha male energy for sure 100%. coming from from Total Wolf. But uh, no driver, I think team wise, I I like McLaren. I like what they're. I think they have good odds. I think with Lando Norris and with uh, Daniel Ricciardo, I think yes. they're good. Like I think, I think they're pretty good. But driver wise, I think Pierre Gasly. He he is just yeah. like. I love him. I'm always going to root for him. Like yes. he's dude. I got you on Pierre. Gasly. Yeah, hundred percent. You know that hundred percent. But even if even if you wouldn't have told me about him, that episode would have drove me yeah. nuts because like they did such a good job with that episode. They uh-huh. really make you fall for that guy. Like, yep. I think that's interesting too. About uh, interesting thing about F1 is that you kind of have to pick a team, but also you kind of have like drivers you root for. So yeah, like McLaren. And I'm definitely a big Pierre Gasly guy. I hope he succeeds i want to mm-hmm. see him on like a i i just feel like he could be a freaking good driver if all of a sudden like a spot opened up at like i like mercedes or oh. i mean red bull except they'll never take him back yeah because they have too much i would pride. like i would like to see pierre gasly on mclaren i would mclaren instead of daniel that, ricardo that'd be pretty i love daniel ricardo i like him too. well i like him too but i like him for red bull what other t- like what if pierre gasly went to like stinking i don't know well, Renault, they're called something else. Right. They're called Alpine now. Alpine? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they're called Alpine this season. They're going to be pink now, which... Pink? Yeah. I thought Racing Point was pink. Yeah, Racing Point's not pink anymore. Racing Point is now Alfa Romeo. Yeah. And so they're like they're like a nice like cherry red. Dang. That's kind of cool. Yeah. This is real. I If anybody doesn't care about F1, this is a rough... Real boring, but... Rough yeah. intro for them. Yeah. Not a whole lot of humor. Just no. F1 talk. It's just been really fun for me. And the rules are changing a lot now, too. Yeah. Because it's getting popular. Like, like I think since the Drive to, Sur- Drive to Survive series came out, like, F1 has been popularized a lot more. Oh, like, yeah. And I and respect what they're doing. They're like, oh, this sport is extremely popular now. Yeah. And I don't know if this is why they're doing it, but they're just like, oh, let's make it as competitive as possible. So now mm. the richest teams can't like there's a salary cap now on how much you can spend yeah. on your car on yeah. what you can spend on drivers so if that makes it even more competitive because right now i think the biggest knock on f1 is that mercedes and red bull just win yeah because time. they're the richest yeah like if you watch the documentary like it's basically like uh, you know somebody finishes in fifth and they're like whoa yeah let's go yeah and they're just celebrating because you never because, because first and second is almost impossible yeah it's always like lewis hamilton p1 yeah. Uh, P three Bottas P two. Yeah, and then Verstappen P uh, P three. Yeah, something like that. Like and and you th- those three you can basically just switch. Yeah, and now Valtteri Bottas is not there anymore. But 
Uh, spoiler. Sorry about that. That's fine. But, um, yeah, I don't know. You good? I think I'm all good. You got any any other F1 talk you want to throw it like another driver that you like? Uh, I like Sainz. Carl Sainz, yeah. Sainz, whatever. Sainz, no, Sainz. it's fine. It's I, not, I, I just I just say Sainz. Sainz, that's Sainz, how it's, Sainz, yeah. Sainz. Big Carl, I like Carl Sainz as yeah, well. Yeah, he's cool. I don't know who he drives for right now, currently, but he drives for Ferrari right. Ferrari now. now? Yeah, nice. he's, he's a Ferrari guy. Cool. Um, nice. I like that. Who's that guy? <laughs> I finished the episode with. Uh, where they had like we need to talk about Ferrari, like the episode called "We Need to Talk About Ferrari." Oh yeah, that one driver who um they were letting go, and uh, I forget what his name is. Oh now. man, give me a second. What is his name? The Ferrari driver that they're letting yeah. go. Yeah, and the next season he was driving for um, uh, he's, shoot, he's driving. Is he not driving? He's driving for Racing Point. For Racing Point, next, yeah, right. Yeah, for uh, Alpine now. Yeah, no, Alpine is Renault. Alfa oh, Romeo. Uh, I thought he was driving for McLaren in the next episode. No, <laughs> because Daniel Ricciardo and and Lando Norris on McLaren. He's driving. He, he's going to Racing Point. He's taking okay. Checo Perez's spot. Yes, that's true. What is his name? Yeah, I, I like his attitude, man. I like his like like I don't give a crap attitude <laughs> after he got fired or after he got <laughs> yeah. let go from Ferrari. Yeah, he was kind of just like I'm gonna win races or yeah. whatever. He's like, or he didn't, but he was gonna try. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. What is that dude's name? How can I not think of his name? This is so bad. We say we're into F1. I can't remember yeah. the guy, the guy's name. He won a championship with a t- couple championships. He was an Red older Bull. guy. Red Bull. Yeah, he's an older guy. Joel, if he's he's listening to this, he is just screaming his name already, hicking himself right now. His name is very obviously. Um. Yeah, it's just not coming to me, man. I know you're looking it up right now, so I'm trying to just stall while you're looking it up. What's his name? How can I not think of his name? I'm going to just kick myself. Sebastian Vettel. Sebastian Vettel. Vettel. Oh, my goodness. Duh. Because they call him Seb all the time. Yeah. Seb. Yeah. Sebastian Vettel's got a good good, uh, mentality. Yeah. Well, bad if you're you're a teammate of him, but... (laughs) Yeah. um, Because his buddy or his partner uh, was like... (laughs) Talking about his clothing line that he was releasing, and the guy's like, "No, he can't see." He's pointing to the Puma sign on his shirt. Oh, and he's like, yeah. "He can't. He can't release anything because we got a sponsor. We got a deal with Puma. He <laughs> yeah. says he can't, can't release his clothing line." That's great. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm all. I'm. I'm good with F1 talk. I'm done. Very good. You want? You're done. You want to get off? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Joe, we're taking a little bit of a break for yeah. a bit, so you know it's been a real pleasure. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you this whole season. Thanks, man. I actually got you a gift. You did? No, sorry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. I no, it's all good. No, it's yeah. just sorry. I, I feel like I maybe should have, but I feel like this the gesture was kind of good enough. Like, yeah. I appreciate you enough that I yeah. thought of saying that I got you a gift. Yeah. So. And I really appreciate that you would have even thought about doing that. Yeah. So. Or thought about the gesture and at we least. Appreciate you guys listening yeah. for this season. Uh, but enough of that. Why don't we get into a little Super Bowl talk? Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've officially made it through the entire 2021-2022 NFL season. Super Bowl 56 in the books. I'm joined, obviously, by my co-host and good friend, Mike. How's it going, Mike? How are you? What, what's your vibe? Super Bowl 56 is in the books. Incredible game. 
Uh, the season's over. What an incredible season. What's what's the vibe right now in the Fair household? Joe, right now, it's just we're just chilling. Uh, and to all our viewers out there who can't see us, me and Joe are currently on the beach <laughs> in Hawaii recording this episode. Uh, have a few <laughs> drinks in front of us. <laughs> it's it's just good times. We spent the Super Bowl together. No, I'm just kidding. You're on our... Uh, our uh, Skype call. We're on a beach setting, but no, Joe, the vibes are great. I love that you. Um, I love that you said to all of our viewers that can't see us, which is all of them. Yeah, exactly. I had that all planned <laughs> out. Now, uh, we uh, well here here in the household, it's, the vibes are. My wife's happy because she gets her husband back for six or seven months <laughs> on the weekends. But uh, yeah. all in all, the season was epic. I think one of the best football seasons I've ever watched. I don't know if it has to do with getting invited to be on this show all season that I think made it that much more enjoyable. <laughs> but yeah, no, Joe, it, it's great. Um, I am sad, of course, that the football season's over, but I'm excited for the future. I mean, so much good happened this year in the NFL, and I just I cannot wait to build off that. Yeah, it's uh, definitely exciting things in the future. Uh, the second year, the second season of this show. Uh, super crazy to think that we've made it through uh, two entire NFL seasons of doing this show. That I think that's impressive. That's something to be proud of. I know you've only joined here the last, uh, the last or the second season, uh, but I think the show show's only gotten better since you've joined. So it's it's been a wild ride. Uh, but speaking of wild rides, um, Super Bowl Fifty Six was definitely wild. It was, uh, in my opinion, a fantastic game. I won't say it was like the best Super Bowl ever, but uh, a very entertaining game right down to the wire. And that's what we're gonna talk about on this week's episode obviously the super bowl just happened we're gonna talk about the super bowl um so yeah we're gonna recap all that we're gonna go through the whole game we're gonna talk about some takeaways you know as far as the game as far as what we do now after the game um but yeah we're basically gonna talk all things super bowl related um and why don't we just start by just just going through the game just just a summary of of everything that happened starting in the first quarter uh we'll work our way quarter by quarter and just talk about the big moments uh talk about uh what stuck out to us and then we'll we'll have some takeaways uh that we had from the game and takeaways maybe going forward for these two teams for the NFL for the Super Bowl uh you know all that stuff so why don't we start off first quarter of the game uh, the Rams first drive, they get the ball first. Um, they lo- they lose the toss. I believe, uh, the Bengals decide to kick it to the Rams. Rams punt on their first drive. Cincinnati then goes down the field, turns it over on downs. They go for it on fourth down at midfield. Uh, so the Rams get the ball back. They have a 60, oh, sorry, a six play 50 yard drive that ends with an Odell Beckham Jr. 17 yard touchdown uh man Odell Beckham looked killer in this game to start things off Mike yeah Joe no he was looking hot right out of the gate and uh one of my buddies right away went you know if he keeps us up MVP Super Bowl MVP and I honestly believed him I was like I think at that point he had two catches 50 something yards and a touchdown already and I was like man this is gonna be one of the great performances by uh by Odell um, and I was really looking forward to see what he was going to, what he was going to do throughout the rest of the game. Um, but sadly, Joe, as, as everyone saw, Odell goes out with a, with a torn ACL. I believe it's been reported as, 
And uh, yeah. you never like to see that in those in these big games. Uh, a big player getting uh, knocked to the ground, or this was actually a non-contact injury. He went to catch a pass and didn't even one. He didn't secure the catch, and then you see him just pick up his leg. And at that moment, I knew what happened. I um, I, I knew it was an, an ACL injury. I saw somewhere today that the ACL is just there for negative things. Like you've never heard someone say anything yeah. good about an ACL, only bad things. So, uh, <laughs> that was a big blow to the, the Rams offense for sure though. Yeah. It's crazy to, to think how big of an impact, um, Odell Beckham like had all over this game. Like early on, he looked dominant. He had that 17 yard touchdown, really nice catch by Odell. Like he came out the gates and you were talking about MVP. And I was thinking, I think I, along with almost everybody was thinking the same thing. Like, Oh shoot. Odell could win MVP. If he keeps playing like this, Obviously, it did not turn out that way. He got hurt later in the game, and that kind of sucked. But going back to the game, so after that Odell Beckham touchdown, they're up 7 nothing. the Rams now. Um, both teams end up going 3-0 and out after that. And then to close off the first quarter, Cincinnati ends with a six-play, 59-yard field goal drive uh, where Jamar Chase makes one of the best catches oh you'll goodness. ever see. Like, an incredible one-handed grab while diving like and I I was like he hit the ground I was like looking for the balls like where the heck did the ball go like like there's no way he caught that but just an incredible incredible grab there by Jamar Chase and he was he was special in this game he didn't his, his numbers won't won't show like that he was amazing or whatever and it wasn't his best game but I think he flashed like some moments in this game I don't know I don't know what you think Mike absolutely Joe and when I watched that catch, of course, we had Odell on the other side of the, the field, but it's like big time players making big time plays. And it just it brought me back to the Odell catch. I know the catches were were very different, but just amazing one handed grabs. Um, and if you watch it, like you can see the ball, it hits his hand and kind of like wants to slide through his hand and he just stops it. Like, well, it's like midway through his hand. And I was just like the concentration to have a defender like grabbing, basically falling on your legs. And, you know, you reach out your arm, a little one-handed, like, grab in the Super Bowl, biggest game with 112 million people watching. I was like, man, that is absolutely insane. I lost my mind, honestly, when I saw that catch, Joe. <laughs> yeah, that was an incredible catch. Um, so the Bengals get on the board, and then to start the second quarter, uh, the Rams, they look like, at this point, like, I'm like, okay, the Rams are here to play. Like, they're heating up. They're ready to go. They have a six-play, 75-yard drive. Uh, that's capped off with an 11-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup. They end up missing the extra point because Johnny Hecker dropped uh, the extra point. So that was like a weird disaster play. But at this point, like, I don't know, and I'll get your thoughts on it, but I like when it's 13 uh, to three and, and the Rams score that second touchdown and Cooper Cup looks good. Matthew Stafford, like Matthew Stafford, that, like people don't really acknowledge it now after the game that he had because he had a couple interceptions. Spoiler, we're going to talk about a couple interceptions that he had uh, in this game. Uh, but people don't really talk about Matthew Stafford started off this game incredible. He was lights out to start this game. And it was this this second touchdown to Cooper Cup where I'm like, okay, the Rams are rolling. Uh, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, come out hot. They're going to come out um, ready to play. Uh, Matthew Stafford started this game off incredibly hot. I think at one point he was like 14 for 15 or 14 for 16. Like he was, he was dealing early in this game. Uh, and at this point, like 13 to three, like I'd like to know Mike, what your vibe of the game is the second quarter, 13 to three Cooper cup just scores a touchdown. 
They missed the extra point. Like to me, I'm like, okay, this looks a lot like the Kansas City game uh, in the AFC Championship for the Bengals. Yeah, no, Joe, that is that's a good comparison. At this point, I was telling everyone I was around, like Matthew Stafford showed up to play. The Rams showed up to play. The Rams didn't look like they could be stopped. And I believe, I honestly believe that, that at this point in the game that the Rams had control um, and they were just going to go down and score what seemed on like every drive. They were going to score touchdowns. And when they scored the touchdown to Cup and they missed the extra point, I, I, I remember saying that was big. Like, just like in the Kansas City game when they went for it on, like, the five-yard line, gave it to Tyreek, didn't get in, kept it, I believe, like a two-score game. I said, that's huge, just like in this game. I was like, that miss, it's a 10-point game. It's going to come down to it later on. Um, But I I figured that that might swing the momentum a little bit. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought Matthew Stafford performed very well in in the opening quarters of this game, Joe. Yeah, that's 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 very true. What you say about like the extra point, like I didn't think about it at the time the way that you did. That oh, maybe that's a huge thing. But with the Bengals, it seems like if you give them any sliver of hope, like like we saw the you know the the Chiefs drive at the end of the 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 first half, you give them any like momentum. I know a lot of people don't think momentum is a real thing. I like to think momentum is absolutely a real thing, and the Bengals seem to feed off momentum. So right after that extra point. Uh, Joe Mixon then caps off a 12-play, 75-yard drive with a pass to T. Higgins, little trick play. Joe Mixon to T. Higgins for the touchdown to make it 13-3. to This was a nifty little play. Um, uh, Joe Burrow with a little toss to Joe Mixon, and then nobody's covering T. Higgins because you're not expecting Joe Mixon to throw. I think he's only ever thrown one pass in his entire career, and it was in college. So it wasn't even in the NFL. So he throws a touchdown pass. Um, to make it 13 to 10. Later on, the Rams also tried to do a little trick play. I believe in like the third quarter, where Cooper Cup threw one, and it was way off the mark. Uh, looked kind of like the Patriots' little uh, play from when they played the Eagles. Absolutely. So after that, then uh, Odell Beckham gets hurt on that next drive, and then both teams kind of kind of get held for the rest of the third quarter. Um, we go into the half with the Rams up. Um, 13 to 10 after Matthew Stafford throws an interception to Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates, who has been unbelievable throughout this whole playoff run. Jesse Bates, he's a free agent this upcoming year. Uh, the Bengals, I think, will make a priority re-signing him. He's been so good this whole season, really, but especially um, in the playoffs, he's made huge plays. But this was just basically an arm punt with around two uh, with two minutes left, third and 14. Uh, Matthew Stafford throws the ball deep down the field. Uh, Jesse Bates picks it off. And again, this is like you were talking about, like little momentum swings. The Bengals take advantage because to start the third quarter, what happens? The, a disastrous, disastrous start for the Los Angeles Rams. The the Bengals first play of the game, first play of the uh, second half. 75-yard touchdown to T. Higgins, but Mike, there was a little bit of controversy on this play. Mike, why don't you why don't you tell the listeners? I'm sure they probably know about what you know. What was what was the deal with with a 75-yard touchdown to T. Higgins? T. Higgins goes out on like a go route, and uh, it's one on one against Jalen Ramsey, and you know Joe Burrow throws up a a 
I would I would say he underthrew the ball a bit. He was under some pressure, but he underthrew the ball. T. Higgins goes to make a grab, and he kind of, which is weird because it in um and just as a, like as the play happened, I thought Jalen Ramsey literally tripped and fell and just got absolutely yeah. burnt on the play, and I was like, wow, like how are you making that play in the, in the game? You know, you can't be falling in the Super Bowl. And then as they show the replay in super slow-mo or whatever, you can see T Higgins kind of grabbed the helmet or the face mask and yanked it a little bit, which threw Ramsey kind of to the ground to give himself an easy catch. At that point I was like, well, they probably should have threw a flag. Cause I mean, that's pretty blatant or pretty obvious. But the fact that they didn't throw a flag, it, in my eyes, I was like, okay, we have a football game. The refs are literally just there to look pretty. They're not going to throw anything. And I was like, I'm in. I want to see the boys play some football. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I, I do think, like, in real time, it was really, really hard. Like, it, that was tough. And especially with the, where the ref was standing, it was kind of tough to even um it was kind of it would have been tough to make that call but obviously in yeah. super slow-mo it was very very obvious that t higgins grabbed jalen ramsey's face mask and this is all going to come into play later on in the game because there's a lot of con i don't know if it's a lot of controversy but there you know people people like to blow uh ref controversies a little out of pr- proportion but it definitely played a role later in this game so right directly after that 75-yard touchdown, the Rams get the ball back. And on their for- first play after that drive, um, with Odell Beckham out now, Matthew Stafford throws a slant route to Ben Squarnick. I believe I think it's Ben Squarnick. I don't even know if that's his first name. I just but, called him number um, 18. That dude had himself a, r- a rough, rough game. It goes the the pass goes and it wasn't a great pass, but it went directly off his hands, right into the hands of I believe Chidobi Awuzie, who picks it off. So the Rams now just lost the lead. It's uh, twenty to thirteen. Um, no, sorry, it's sixteen, seventeen to thirteen. Yeah. Um, the and now now Matthew Stafford throws an interception, and this is where like. This is where I think the Bengals missed a huge opportunity, in my opinion, Mike. They had the opportunity. They were up 17-13. to 13. If they score a touchdown on this drive, uh, they end up going eight plays, 21 yards, and a field goal to make it 20-13. But I think if they score a touchdown on this ground, drive, make it 24-13, this game, with the, with the way the two offenses played and with the way that the Los Angeles Rams struggled really in the second half without Odell Beckham Jr., I think if they score a touchdown, the Bengals, this game might have been out of reach for the for the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know what you think about that. No, Joe, I totally agree. I think that if uh, the Bengals take advantage of that pick, because they were, they were in decent field. They had a decent field. Um I think they were at like the 40 of the Rams-ish around there. Not Don't quote me on that, but you know, if they can go down and turn that into a touchdown, um, that game is almost out of reach, like you said, with the way the offense would have been playing at that time versus the Rams coming off of like basically two picks in the last few minutes. Um, and then I feel like the Bengals would have really just controlled the time. Um, so I feel like that was also a, a big momentum shift for the Rams, only giving up a field goal. Yeah. Um, but, I mean... I think if you were a Rams fan in that situation, you were you were getting quite nervous with how the game was unfolding. Oh, for sure, you were you were sweating it out. I know at, at the moment it probably did not feel like you caught a break because things were. It was like you couldn't have written a worse start 
for the Los Angeles Rams uh, to start that second half. Like to 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 have the 75-yard touchdown, the missed face mask call, and then you throw an interception on the literally the very next play. So in 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 really you know minus the kickoff, two plays, the entire game flips on its head. Like it, it it's it, it you couldn't have written a, a worse start, but definitely for the Rams, you know, not allowing a touchdown in that in that spot was definitely huge. But moving on, the third quarter, uh, right after that that field goal drive, the the Rams then go have a ten play fifty one yard field goal drive, so it's twenty to sixteen. And then there's a couple three and outs to end the third quarter, and then we get to the fourth quarter. And I feel like this is where things really heated up, Mike. I think this is where the game, obviously, the fourth quarter is where the game is won. But this is where the game heated up. Um, the offense is. I uh, started off a little slow in the fourth quarter, um, but at the end of the fourth quarter, with 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 around like I think it was around five minutes around then is when things really really got heated up. The Los Angeles Rams down sixteen to twenty um, at their own thirty yard line with about five minutes left, fourth and one. And to me, this was one of the gutsiest calls I've seen in a while. Fourth and one, your own thirty, five minutes left. Uh, to me, I, I thought it was, I thought it was a gutsy decision. Like with five minutes left, they still had all three timeouts, I believe. Uh, like, what were your thoughts on, on them going for it from their own 30 yard line on that fourth and one, Mike? Obviously, Joe, I was rooting for the Bengals in this game. So I was like, man, let's get a stop here. Um, but, um, I, I thought it was, it was a big moment in the game. Five minutes left. If you don't get it, you know, the Ram, I mean, the, the Bengals are right there in field goal range. So, I mean, it, it, it was huge. It was the game. Basically, at that point, it was the game uh, because the score, I believe, was 20 to 16. And uh, all it would have taken is a field goal to put it at, what, 23-16, which would have made it a touchdown game. So then the Rams would have had to go down if they only allow a field goal and score a touchdown to tie the game. So it was a massive moment. Um but uh, I, I believe what what they hit Cooper Cup hit a somewhat the, of a what was it, it was jet the end sweep. around yeah oh, the yeah, jet the end sweep. around yeah yeah no and they they got I believe seven yards or so but I can guarantee you Joe Sean McVay was sitting on the sideline like if if I don't get this this could be <sighs> this could be the game and, and you know play, we've seen him in this situation too like when oh, yeah. when when Cooper Cup got that handoff it did not look like he was gonna get the first down. And I believe Al Michaels and Chris Collins were said it like this is a type of play. If you get the first down, I mean high fives all around. Let's keep the let's keep the drive going. But if if it fails, it is one of those head scratchers. Like what are you doing? One hundred percent. If Cooper Cup does not get the first down on that jet sweep, we uh, that is all we're talking about on this podcast. We're talking about how do you call a jet sweep or an end around? How do you call that play on fourth and one? Why don't you just hand it to? To Sony Michelle or to um, Cam Akers or or one of your backs, you have Daryl Henderson was healthy for this game. Why not hand it to one of those guys instead of doing that? But again, when you when you make the play, nobody questions it. So that was a huge play by Cooper Cup. And this drive was the game-winning drive, and Cooper Cup took over on this drive. He had been kind of quiet up to this point. Matthew Stafford had kind of struggled. He'd thrown two interceptions, but on this drive, he had that huge rush. He had four receptions, I believe, on this drive, and then he capped it off with a huge touchdown. 
Um, but there was some controversy too at the end of this drive. Um, and it, it was a questionable call. And this is where the refs came into play. And it's really a bummer that we have to talk about refs, especially with the Super Bowl. You never want it to be about the refs. But Mike, why don't you explain uh, to the people what... If you have frustrations or 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 whatever about this, like just kind of explain uh, where you stand and and where most people stand with with how how the refs handled uh, the end of this drive. Um. Ah. Uh, yeah. No. Absolutely. I think the the Bengals defense had done a great job all game, uh, controlling the run game, not allowing the Rams to get honestly anything going in the run game. Uh, I believe. Yeah. Rams only had forty three rushing yards in this game. And I can't, uh, let me, let me try to pull it up real quick, Joe, cause it was in the fourth quarter. So we were at roughly what, like the 15 yard line, Joe. I don't know if uh, you I remember think it was like 10, 15, something like that. Yeah. So anyway, they were at like the, I believe it was like the 15 or 20 yard line anyway. And Matthew Stafford throws the ball to Cooper cup and it's a bit behind him. And we, we see a flag get thrown and uh, when they showed it in slow motion, they called, um, I believe it was defensive holding on number yeah. 55. I can't remember the name. Is it Logan, Logan Wilson? Wilson? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And it Logan was, this Wilson. was on third down as well. Yeah. Third down, big play. Um, they show it the replay. And I mean, Logan Wilson's barely even touching Cooper cup. Yeah. And so you instantly coverage. go. Yeah. Perfect coverage on Cooper cup. I mean, we had a linebacker on Cooper cup and had perfect coverage, which, I guess the the ref saw that as like, no, there's no way. But, you know, going back to the Ramsey face mask call, if you're not going to make that call in a big game, which it could have been hard to see it happen in real time, but you cannot, you cannot call a soft call like that in the Super Bowl. Um, And then I believe the next, very next play, uh, Cooper Cup scored a touchdown and then he got targeted in the head. So there's a flag on that one. And then yeah. there was holding on the offense. So offsetting penalties, replay the down. Another pass, I believe, thrown to Cooper Cup. And if I'm not wrong, it was either Jesse Bates or Eli Apple in the coverage. And they called pass interference on another. So- like, I will say yep. that one was a little bit more, you know, you could see it, but a soft jersey tug. And they threw a flag again. And I was like, wow, like to save the flags all game until the final drive within like the 25 yard line. I was blown away, Joe. I literally was sitting there. I could not believe what was happening. Yeah, it's. I mean, we might talk about the refs a little bit more later, but yeah, it's just the lack of consistency. I think is what frustrated people. Uh, and in in you know, I do want to get into the refs a little bit later, so I won't talk about it too much now. But yeah, th- those were questionable calls, especially that Logan Wilson. Like that was like perfect coverage. The guy did not. There was literally you cannot make an argument that that was defensive holding. That was a bad call. Um, but you know, bad calls happen, and and they and they do. It is frustrating to see the, the game be officiated differently with five with you know two minutes left in the in the fourth quarter than it was uh, you know at the beginning of the second uh, half. But anyways, despite all those penalties, after all the the laundry is picked up off the field, Matthew Stafford makes a a, a great throw uh, to Cooper Cup for the touchdown. Uh, he a little back shoulder. Perfect, perfect throw, perfect catch. Um, so now the Rams are up 23 to 20. Uh, but this gives Joe Burrow a minute and 23 seconds uh, and two timeouts. And to me, 
I was convinced Joe Burrow was was going to march the Bengals down and score a touch. And at this point, I was like, oh, there's no way. I mean, Joe Burrow's Joe Burrow's winning this game. That's what I was telling. I don't know what the, what your vibe was, but to me, I was telling people at Super Party, it's like, oh, Joe Burrow's going to march this thing down and win right now. Yeah, no, Joe. I looked at the time. I saw I was like, yeah, right around a minute and a half-ish. And I was like sitting there like, that's a lot of time. They had all three timeouts. I was like, you know... This, I stood up off the couch. I was like, this is, this is where it happens. This is where he proves to everyone. Like, he's Joe Burrow. He's the next guy. And, uh, and they I started to drive some, off really good. Yeah. With his- uh, some doubts started to creep into my mind. And then right as it creeped in, Joe Burrow hit Jamar for a 17-yard catch and run where he burns Jalen Ramsey. And I was like, nope, this is happening. Worst case scenario, we're, we're getting a field goal. We're going to overtime. Um, but, yeah, no, I was, like, I was fully convinced that this game was not ending on that drive. Yep, it was. I I I thought for sure. I mean, that it was at least going to go to overtime. But they the Bengals get to the fifty yard line. I think it was exactly at midfield. Fifty four seconds left, and this to me is unbelievable. There was se- so it was second and one from the fifty yard line. Second and one, one yard, and this is how the Bengals season ends on second and one. They go incomplete pass. Joe Burrow incomplete pass, I believe, for looking for Jamar Chase. Yep. And then third and one, they go no gain, uh, a run to Samaj P. Ryan. For some reason, Joe Mixon's not on the field. They hand it off to Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, Aaron Donald makes an unbelievable play on that. I don't know if you saw Aaron Donald on that run where he grabbed Samaj P. Ryan with one arm. And literally just pulled them back. Incredible play. And then fourth and one, game on the line. Joe Burrow drops back to throw shotgun. Uh, Aaron Donald completely just makes the the guard, the opposing guard whiff. He gets in the face of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow somehow throws the ball away. And Aaron Donald seals the game on fourth and one. So a crazy, crazy way to end. Aaron Donald seals the game. The Rams win 23-20. Cooper Cup wins Super Bowl MVP. He had 92 yards receiving, I believe, and two touchdowns. Um, my first question I want to ask, do you think that Cooper Cup is the rightful Super Bowl MVP, or do you think that Aaron Donald or or maybe somebody else should have won MVP? I Honestly, when I saw them or when they announced Cooper Cup was MVP, I mean, I was beyond ecstatic. Ecstatic. Um, I mean, the man balled out the entire NFL season, Joe, playoffs and all, gets into the game, didn't have a big game up until the final drive. And what did Matthew Stafford do? Finds Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup, and then Cooper Cup for the touchdown. He was there the entire final drive. In my eyes, I feel like when the game came down to the Rams needed a drive, who'd they go to? Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald played a great game there in the second half where he basically shut down everything the the Bengals tried to do so I, I will say Aaron Donald was probably second in the in the voting there but I 100% agree with who got the MVP I mean the man had a, had such a great season he came up in the biggest game when they needed him to um so I I agree uh what, what were your thoughts on him winning the MVP Joe yeah I I, I was surprised I thought it was going to be Aaron Donald I was very happy that it wasn't Aaron Donald because I was going to put 100 bucks on Aaron Donald to win Super, Super Bowl MVP but the betting app that I was using didn't let me right before the game for some reason. So if he would have won and I would have been able to make 
a thousand bucks off that bet and I and I didn't get it, I would have been pretty ticked off. So I was happy that Cooper Cup won Super Bowl MVP. But no, he definitely deserved it. But I want to get to into some takeaways about the game. Um, and you were just talking about how Cooper Cup he stepped up when 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 he was needed. And to me, that's my biggest takeaway or one of my biggest takeaways from this game is that the Los Angeles Rams, their stars stepped up when they were needed most. And that, that to me, if, if I had to say one thing to the pe- you know, one takeaway, I had to tell somebody who didn't watch this game, one takeaway, I would say the Los Angeles stars, the, the guys that they brought in, the guys that they pay the big money, the, other than Jalen Ramsey, uh, stepped up huge in this game because Matthew Stafford, you know, he struggled at times during uh, this game, started off really hot, but when he was needed, when he was needed to make a play, 79-yard touchdown drive uh, in the fourth quarter, his, I think, 43rd, 42nd game-winning drive of his career. He's got the most since he came to the NFL. Huge drive. They gave up so much to get Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup, they just signed him to a contract extension, I believe. Four catches on that pivotal drive. Uh, catches the game-winning touchdown. Aaron Donald stuffs Samaj P. Ryan on third down and then ends the game on fourth down. And to me, this just shows this is exactly what the Rams paid for You know, this, this offseason. They were built to win the Super Bowl, and when they needed their stars to step up, their stars stepped up. Yeah, no, Joe, I agree 100%. I feel like all season, I either I was talking about it, we were talking about it, everyone else I knew was talking about it. All the, uh, you know, the pieces they brought in with Odell, um, with Matthew Stafford, and, you know, of course, there was, there was a few more. Robert Woods, of course, went down. So Jefferson needed to step up. You know, all the, and then you had Aaron Donald, your Vaughn Miller. You know, they, they didn't play well throughout the entire season as they came together. Like, I feel like one game it was it was Cup, the next game it was Donald, then it was Von Miller. But it was like they could never get clicking on all cylinders. And I think it took to the Super Bowl for all of them to, to, to step up, play hard when they needed to. And that's essentially what won the Rams the game in my eyes. Like, all of them coming together. I know Odell only played, I think it was a quarter and a half before he got hurt. And which is, which really bummed me out. But, you know, it took the whole team. To, to finally be like, you know what, we're a team. We're not just one player. And down the stretch in that game, they they stepped up when they needed to. Every single one of their stars came out and proved why they went and got all those stars. You know, Joe, because, I mean, you talked about it. If they don't win that game, the Rams are, I think, were absolutely screwed with no, basically no draft picks for the next four years, it seems like. Yeah. You know, they have all these big names they got to pay, and yet they lost the Super Bowl. So, you know, them winning the Super Bowl, was, it was massive in my eyes. Yeah, I do think it's interesting, like, and I did, I, I remember we were talking about it at the beginning of the playoffs on this, po- I believe it was on this podcast, and I, I remember saying something along the lines of, like, this Rams team, you know, they haven't been consistently the best team in the NFL, but if they can get hot, if Matthew Stafford can just cut down the mistakes, if they can get going, if they're if they can get that chemistry going, they can make a run. They can win the Super Bowl. And that's exactly what happened. And I think it'll be interesting to see. Like, do you think that teams are going to look at this Rams team and say, okay, this team just went all in and kind of maybe even look at the Buccaneers team from last year, another team that didn't really worry too much about young players. They went and got proven veteran players. I know the Bucs are a little different. They, they kind of had some homegrown talent, but also a team that, you know, veteran players, 
Uh, they went all in on this one season. Do you think that this is going to change how teams build their rosters? Like, are teams going to value, you know, trading those first round picks, trading those early picks for proven guys rather than, you know, scratching these lottery tickets, getting these young prospects uh, in the draft? Like, do you think that teams are going to try to replicate this this offseason? Yo, I think, I think honestly it will happen, but I don't think it'll happen for the good. And this is probably going to be a bit of a controversial take. But I know last year, Buccaneers, a lot of stars came in. They won the Super Bowl this year. Rams picked up a lot of key players, won the Super Bowl. But at the same time, you look at the Bengals, a young team. All they needed was, I think, one or two offensive linemen to step up, and they, they win that game. Yeah. Um, on that final drive, Joe, I don't know if you saw, but Usama, wide open, basically wide open on that fourth and one play. Um, Perrine could have dove to catch it. And Jamar Chase, uh, Jalen Ramsey fell on the play and Jamar Chase was left wide open. All yep. Joe Burrow needed was another one or I think two seconds max. And and we're, we have a totally different conversation. Of course, that didn't happen. So the Rams win and everything. But I don't know, Joe, the, the, the Bengals are a young team who did not have to give up everything to win a Super Bowl. I know they lost the Super Bowl, but you know I think they played well enough to win the Super Bowl. And, you know, if you look at back at some of the Patriots teams, they never built super teams. They always had a lot of these players that were nobodies until, you know, they were, you know, getting hot going into the playoffs and everyone started talking about them. And, you know, they won plenty of Super Bowls. You look at the Eagles. I don't believe the Eagles had a bunch of superstars on their team. They had Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and, you know, they won a Super Bowl. So I don't think you need to build a super team necessarily to win a Super Bowl. I think that's the way the NFL is going to go. Um, I know a lot of Kyler Murray drama is going on. I wouldn't doubt yeah. if either they bring in a lot of big names again, or he somehow wiggles out of a contract and leaves and goes and joins, a, you know, and stacks it up, stacks up a team for himself. Again, I don't, I don't think that's the way to go. I don't think that's uh, how you're going to stay successful for years to come. You know, you might win one ring and then have a couple losing seasons again. So I don't know, Joe, I, I think that it's going to happen, but I don't think it's for the good. Yeah, that's that's fair. Like it's I think there's going to be a lot of teams. I do think that this free agency period I think will be crazy because we the NFL is such a copycat league and it seems like whatever team wins the Super Bowl, everybody's like, "Oh, shoot, we got to do that." Like a couple years ago, you're talking about the Eagles team when the Eagles won, they're like, "Oh, we got to get a bunch of edge rushers because the Eagles had a bunch of really good edge rushers." And then he's like, "Oh, we don't need a quarterback. We don't need a quarterback." And then Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl and they're like, "Oh, no, no, no. We need we need an elite quarterback. We need an elite quarterback." And it's like, you know, people are constantly switching up like what they need to do to win Super Bowls based on what the most recent Super Bowl champion did. So I think we'll absolutely see teams go all in and and I'm for it. Honestly, if you have a chance to go all in, I, I you know, these 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 draft picks they're they're lottery tickets. And if you can I think I think people underestimate like overvalue first round picks. They overvalue first round picks cuz only half of them are actually going to be good. And if you can trade those first round picks for a proven player, like the Rams did with Jalen Ramsey, like they did with Matthew Stafford, you know, uh, pick up a guy like Odell Beckham off the scrap heap. You know, if, if you can do things like that, um, I, I I value that. I think having those proven players is big, and 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 obviously the quarterback position is so important too. If you can just find that quarterback to come in and and, and really throw it all together, I I think that's huge, and I think we'll absolutely see teams 
try to replicate this. But anyways, I've talked a lot. Uh, do you? Have, what are your? What's one of your big takeaways from from this Super Bowl as a whole? Um, I would have to say one of my biggest takeaways is the Bengals. Just, I think they need to be happy for how far they came this year. You know, we've talked about it in the past. Um, they were not supposed to be there. They were playing with house money. They, I think they they absolutely played their heart out. And like I said, they played well enough to win. But I think a key takeaway from this game, Joe, they have to look at that O-line. Whether that means gut it and completely redraft or pick up some big names. Um, I do not think you can allow Joe Burrow to to get sacked. I think it was 70 times this season. He yeah. is not going to be there very long. He's not going to be an NFL player very long. We're looking at a next Andrew Luck if you do not fix that O-line. So that's one big takeaway I have. Another massive takeaway I have is Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, I believe. And I know there was a controversial call on one of the touchdown grabs, but I believe those two exposed Jalen Ramsey in this game. And I hope that other NFL receivers watch film on this game or watch the game and, and take some notes on how to do it. Because I know like DK Metcalf... And, you know, Devonta Adams had previously not exposed him, but he played well against uh, Jalen Ramsey. But, like, take notes on, on what these guys did. And it wasn't just one play. Like, Jamar Chase had a multiple, like, four or five-yard catches that turned into 10, 15 yards. Like, he was getting by him, and it didn't seem like he was having to work that hard. I know his stat line wasn't amazing. I believe he had 89 receiving yards on, what was it, uh, eight, eight targets, five catches, 89 yards. So nothing massive, but I mean, and then if you look at T Higgins, he had seven targets, four catches, a hundred yards and two touchdowns. So, I mean, I think they, they put together quite the sheet up against Jalen Ramsey. Um, so I hope teams look at this. I hope players look at this and, and find ways to expose them. I told my buddy all day, he was a burnt piece of toast and he kept telling me Ramsey doesn't get beat, but <laughs> time and time again, he was proven to be beat. And like I said, Joe, we are one offensive lineman giving Burrow two seconds longer from watching him get beat on another play per potentially the game-winning touchdown on that final fourth and one play, Joe. Yeah, that's true. Like, I can't imagine what, like, what we would be talking about. Well, I can't imagine we would talk about Jalen Ramsey getting burnt three times, uh, probably even more times in this game if if that play goes through, if, if Joe Burrow has a little bit of more protection, Jalen Ramsey, he struggled in this game. This was not his best showing for sure. Uh, but again, that comes back to the O-line. Like if, if, if the O-line had just held for the Bengals just a, a second longer, Joe Burrow finds a wide open Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey's on the floor again. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're talking about Jalen Ramsey losing the Super Bowl for the Rams, but for sure, that was one of my biggest takeaways was the, the Bengals. I mean, the fact that they were able to get this far, the fact that they were able to keep it this close, despite being Joe Burrow being sacked seven times in this game. It's, I I would think it was like the third or the fourth, the fourth, I think time a quarterback's been sacked seven times in the Super Bowl six that, six of those came in the second half Joe yeah six in the second half too that was another thing yeah 100 percent. it looked like they were doing really well but then they like got tired or something in the second half or, or Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and all the guys they turned it on uh so six of the sacks in the second half Joe Burrow was was uh pressured on 42 and a half 
percent of his dropbacks. So nearly half of his dropbacks he was pressured and in the second half I think it was I think all those all those half were literally in the second half because he was pressured constantly in the second half and I know people want to say oh this is proof that they should have taken Penne Sewell over Jamar Chase but let's be real if Jamar Chase is not on this team they're not in the Super Bowl like Jamar Chase that was not a mistake uh, I do think that they they should have done more to address but you know they made it to the Super Bowl and they do need to address that offensive line because they, I, t- I talked about last week, I was like, they cannot keep getting away with this. They cannot keep winning with having their quarterback get sacked nine times against the Titans, seven times now against the Rams. Like, they cannot get away with this for much longer. And, you know, that magic ran out. You got to go protect your quarterback. Joe, I have one question for you, and it's kind of funny. But like we were talking about seeing teams win, and then other teams jumping on that kind of bandwagon and doing exactly what that team did. <laughs> if the Bengals win this game, do you think other teams look at it and go, let's sell out for all these big key players and just get the worst offensive <laughs> lineman we can find because the Bengals were able to win a Super Bowl behind a non-existent offensive lineman, uh, set of linemen. So do you think NFL teams would have been like, we don't need an offensive lineman to win a Super Bowl? Dude, I, I, li- that sounds insane. It sounds hilarious to say. I guarantee you, if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, that would be something that is talked about on all the podcasts, probably this podcast, all of the shows. They're talking about if you have a really good quarterback and good receivers, you don't need an offensive line. You just get the ball out quick. I guarantee you that would be the talking point because I... I think so much weight goes into what the what the most recent Super Bowl champion does. I honestly do. Yeah, no, I I can see that 100%. And you know, the fact that they were still able to manage I believe like 73 or 74 rushing yards um it blows my mind. I mean, that probably all came in the first half when they only allowed one sack, which is beyond me that they were able to only allow one sack in the first half, and I guess that's one of the big talking points and give up six in the second half is like man they were they they played two good quarters of football only to completely fall apart in the second half. I will say one other big takeaway that I've seen in a previous Super Bowl. I don't always want to be a homer and just talk about the Patriots Joe, but when the Patriots played the Falcons and the Falcons were up big and chose not to run the ball at all and it it played a huge role in the fact that the Patriots were able to gain ground and make the comeback they did. I look at this game and I see you know, the, the Bengals being up at one point either 13-20 or even 20-16, whatever it was. And it seemed like they were not going to run the ball. They were lined up in the shotgun formation almost on every play. And it, it makes me wonder if they run the ball because they had success with Joe Mixon running the ball. If they run the ball and take out some time and get some first downs, like, you know, kind of control the pace of the game. They, I think they their chances of winning go a lot like they almost skyrocket because if you can you get out to a lead and then dominate with the run game the game is essentially going to end um so i wonder what what goes on through coaches heads in game management situations and why they don't run the ball i would love to know that yeah i i i i I do agree with what you're saying like it seems like they were having success, and you're thinking, oh, if you didn't watch the game, you're thinking, oh, they didn't run the ball because Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller, but Joe Mixon was breaking off some nice runs. Even in the second half, when they occasionally did run, Joe Mixon did have some good runs, and you got to wonder, like, both these teams really 
could not develop a good run game. Both of them, or or the Bengals didn't really try, and and the Rams really did try. They they were running the ball quite a bit, but they couldn't get anything going on the ground. So both teams not really, uh, you know, getting anything going on the ground. And I think that can absolutely be be a difference maker, especially in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl is usually lower scoring. We see, you know, we see offensive struggles at at points. I think having that strong run game is 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 so important, 100. Uh, percent Another takeaway I want to talk about. We got to talk about it a little bit uh, because I talked about it before. Uh, we get got to talk about the refs a little bit. Uh, I don't yes. want to talk about it too much because who wants to talk about the refs? But my takeaway is that the officials they had to they had to make it about themselves somehow. They just had to make it about themselves, and I think the frustrating part for most people about the officials is that they called basically two different games. Uh, they called one game for the first three quarters where they were letting them play. I think they're, for the almost the entire first half, the only penalty was a, a very stupid, unsportsmanlike conduct that I might get into later when we do our winners and losers. But that was like the only penalty. And then when you get to the fourth quarter, and specifically on one specific drive, the Rams get all the flags. I mean, they're, thro- they're throwing flags left right and center uh and, and it's just like where's the consistency you know like like the, it we understand they're humans we understand they make mistakes but i think it's a lack of consistency that that really really sucked in this game like it's just they called two different games i i, I would like to know your thoughts just overall do you think that this game was won by the refs do you think that the refs kind of uh, tainted this game, or like, what are your thoughts on 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 the officiating in the Super Bowl? You know, as a as a Bengals fan, I can <laughs> see how they're gonna say the, uh, and I'm not saying I am a Bengals fan, okay. but just like as a Bengals fan would see it, they will say the refs stole the game from them. As a Rams fan, they'll be like, look, they just got even for what happened earlier in the game. As a neutral fan in this game, I do not believe the refs stole the game because time and time again. We can talk about, okay, the rest did this. But at the end of the day, the Rams hadn't scored yet. You know, you had 40, 50 yards prior to stop them. Um, the Bengals defense, you let them score. Okay, that's fine. Now you still have a minute and a half to score a touchdown of your own, which you, you get a big gain on first down. You know, another big gain on your next first down. You need one yard. You have second, third, and fourth down, three downs to get one yard, and you do not do it. So the refs did not lose the Bengals this game. They did help. I, I think they it kind of helped with momentum, uh, helped the Rams score a touchdown. But they, you know, the the Rams weren't in the end zone. I mean, you, you can still stop them. So I didn't like the way they did call. Like you said, for the first 55 minutes of the game, it was like two between two and four penalties and they were all very light penalties. So I was a hundred percent. I was absolutely excited, Joe. Like I was fixing a text. you like, this is one of the best games I've ever seen. Cause we always talk about the refs and there was like no refs in this yeah. game. And then in the final, like four minutes, there was three or four penalties. And I was like, yep, here we go again. You know, the refs do what they do best. So it, it did suck to see that all the way at the end of the game. Like if you're not going to call anything early, don't call anything late and vice versa. But at the end of the day, I still believe the better team won. And as a Bengals fan, like I said, keep your head up. You have you have a lot of potential on your team. You are one or two offensive linemen from literally being Super Bowl contenders again next year. 
So there, there's nothing to be ashamed of. And as a Rams fan, I mean, again, you, you don't have to listen to the people that say the Rams, will, I mean, the rest won you the game because I feel like the, the Rams did everything they needed too late to win that game, Joe. Yeah, I'm, 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 again, I don't agree with a lot of the things that happened in this game officiating-wise, but I'm very tired of going on Twitter and stuff and seeing people saying, oh, there's an asterisk beside this Super Bowl or like they didn't deserve the Super Bowl, the Rams handed them the Super Bowl. No. No, and I see a lot of screenshots going off that's like, oh, they also missed the Rams going offsides or false start here and this and that. And I was like, you can do this with every single game. If I would go and I would take screenshots of everything that looked like a penalty, I'm sure I could find 15 or 20 examples of where the Bengals look like they got penalties. Like, don't play this game where you just take screenshots of of things that look like penalties. Exactly, Joe. And I don't mean to cut you off, but I would like to see every Bengals fan reaction to the to the uh, Higgins face mask grab. I can guarantee you about 95% of them Bengals fans were saying, you know what? They're letting them play. This is football. Yeah. They're letting them play. So if you're going to say that there, be prepared. At the end of the game, when something like this happens, you cannot be mad because they didn't call that massive call. Like they gave you one right yep. there. So you can't really like be upset when they take one back. Um, so, I mean, if I, the Bengal fans had said that should have been a flag, I mean, I'm sorry for you. I feel bad for you because, I mean, you probably, you know, you know, actually, you know, actual football. Because like I said earlier, like that was a flag, but whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I just I don't agree with people blasting the NFL saying it's rigged or saying that the refs won the game because not at the end of the day. Bengals could have stopped the Rams, and they also had a lot of time to go down and score. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's just uh, – I will admit, like, if that, if that Logan Wilson uh, pat, uh, holding call was a makeup call, that's a, t- that's a tough spot for a makeup call. It's a bad one. Really tough spot for a makeup call. Uh, I, I hope that was not the case. But, yeah, there was still opportunities for the Bengals to win. They had two timeouts. They had a minute and a half left in the game like this was still this was not you know with five seconds left they give the Rams like an extra three plays or something like this was there was opportunities to still win the game and yeah I I do still think like you said the better team won I think the Rams were the better team they were built to win this game but that brings me to uh one of my final questions unless you have any more takeaways you want to bring up um uh, I have one question who do you think is more likely to be back in this situation, now, who who do you think has a chance to be back in the Super Bowl next year better, the Rams or the Bengals? I know a lot of people probably will disagree with this, but I'm going to take the Bengals, and it's because my one of my reasons why I don't believe super teams are the way to go, the Bengals have such a young team, coaches included, Joe. They got Burrow, of course, Chase. I believe Joe Mixon um, is a great running back. Um, their defense, if they can get Bates back, I think their defense is going to be just fine. They, Like I said, they're one or two offensive linemen from being just fine and being a Super Bowl contender again versus the Rams who have had Aaron Donald, Sean McVay, uh, Matthew Stafford I'm not sure of, but uh, there have been reports. Um, you know, potentially, you know, Vaughn Miller maybe because, you know, he's also not getting up there in age, but, you know, his body's not as young as it once was. Odell Beckham going through his second and or third ACL injury. There's four to five people on that Rams organization that have came out and said there's a potential they might be retiring yeah. after this game. 
And if that happens, Joe, the Rams will be one of the worst teams next year. I'm not saying that they can't be good, but if a lot of their key guys go out and retire on top, the, the honestly, like the Bengals, like the shift is just massive. The Bengals will have a better chance of being back. Now, if all the pieces stay there, of course, then the Rams can equally come back and then we could have a rematch even. But I'm going to go with the Bengals, Joe. What about yeah. you? I, I understand that. And I, I it is crazy that it seems like the entire Rams team is retiring now or something. Like Aaron Donald, that news came out of nowhere. I know he hasn't officially retired. And I really, really hope he does not retire because he is still just dominating the game uh, at such a high level. But yeah, uh, the Rams with all that question, for sure, that, that, that makes it tough. And if all those guys are back next year, I think there is a there, there's a good chance that they're in this exact same spot, uh, competing for Super Bowls with the Bengals. You know, I lo- I know a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they will be back. They will be back. They will be back." And to me, I just I just keep wondering, you know, did did they did they miss a huge opportunity here? And obviously they did. They didn't win the Super Bowl. But if you look to me, I, I think it's easier to just say. Oh, they will be back next year. They'll be back at some point. However, the AFC is stacked with talent. I mean, you got Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, you got, you know, all these all these fantastic quarterbacks, these future superstars and current superstars, and you have these stacked teams. The AFC is so good that this was like really the chance for the Bengals to go and, and win this Super Bowl. And I wonder, I, I think it's going to be really hard to make it back through the AFC. And, you know, a lot of people said Dan Marino when he made the Super Bowl in his second season, and they said, oh, you know, he lost, but he'll be back, he'll be back. And he never made it back to the Super Bowl. So I do fear that, you know, what if Joe Burrow's in the same situation? What if the Bengals are in the same situation? And, and they just, they can't find their way back. I do wonder if, if they potentially missed a huge opportunity here uh, to, to steal the Super Bowl. No, Joe, those are great points, like you said, about the AFC being really tough. And I, I agree um, with the Josh Allens, the Patrick Mahomes. I do believe there there's a lot of talent on that AFC side. And so for them to get back is going to be tough. You know, this is the part of the NFL. Like you look at the Rams, of course, they're celebrating. So they're going to be riding a high all the way, you know, into next season. And, you know, it might feel like it's a lot easier to, you know, to get back because, you know, they know what winning feels like. And, you know, for the Bengals, they lost. And to get that motivation to come back, to keep on going, like the grind is going to feel extra. Uh, it's going to feel a lot more difficult for them because there was no prize at the end. You know, there was no like we, you know, payoff. We did it. So for them to get back, I feel like it's going to be more difficult. You know, there might be a fire burning inside of them. So they might have a lot more motivation to go back. But it's no easy task. And. Um, I feel like, the, you know, seeing the Chiefs go to four straight AFC championships, the Pats going to all their eight championships and Super Bowls, like it just puts it into perspective, like how hard that is to do in the NFL. Absolutely. Um, and it just makes them that much more impressive. Mm-hmm. So, but I, Joe, honestly, I will say, I think it's just, I think it's just good for football. I think next season is going to be so fun. I think this off season in regards is going to be very um what's the word like it, there's gonna be a lot of hype around this off season with all the free agents out there and then leading into the season i think next season's gonna be epic with all the big things that happened this year already all the young stars balling out like 
I think next season is going to be nuts. We're kind of getting past that older generation of players, and here come all the new players, you know, yeah. the young guns. And I think the NFL is fixing to be really fun for the next few years, Joe. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a really, really exciting offseason and, and draft process. And I'm, I'm re- I, I think it's it could have a potential like to be just as crazy as this last season was, just the building process, how teams are going to get built. I'm, I'm very, very intrigued to see it. And absolutely, so many young quarterbacks, especially in the AFC, um, that are up and coming, and there's going to be so many great teams. Um, and it just seems like there's so many teams that have the ability uh, to to win the Super Bowl. But this was a, a fantastic Super Bowl. Could have asked for much better. I mean, it came down to the wire. We're, we're lucky. We're blessed to have a Super Bowl that came out down to the wire. No blowout like we had last year. Um, so that was really exciting. But... Before we wrap up the Super Bowl, before we wrap up this season, why don't we do one final winners and losers from Super Bowl 56. Uh, Mike, why don't you give me give me one winner or loser, and then I'll give you one winner or loser. We'll just go back and forth here a little bit. So why don't you give me a winner or loser, whatever you want to start with. Uh, Joe, I'm going to pick a winner, and my winner in the Super Bowl is going to be Cooper Cup. All right. Um. I feel like all season he had, you know, a big year and I feel like if you if you listen to him talk, he is just football is his brain and I feel like he is one of the most talented wide receivers we've ever seen and I I'm excited to keep watching him next year, hopefully. Uh but yeah, no, he is definitely one of my winners for putting up two touchdowns in a Super Bowl winning MVP and I I cannot wait to watch, you know, what he's got in store for the future, Joe. What about you? Who do you got? Absolutely. Cooper Cup is definitely a big-time winner, Super Bowl MVP. I don't know if you saw him talking about the vision or the dream that he had from yeah, I did. from God that he was going to win Super Bowl MVP and they were going to win the Super Bowl. That was really cool. I thought that was a cool, uh, uh, inspiring thing. Uh, but yeah, definitely Cooper Cup. I'll give you a winner too, and I'll, I'll say the guy who, who's thrown the passes, Matthew Stafford, obviously. Big time winner. Didn't win Super Bowl MVP, uh, but I thought he started off really good, and he just deserves it, man. 12 years in Detroit, could not get anything going there, could not develop into a good team. He had a 74-90-1 record in Detroit, 0-3 in the playoffs. He gets to Los Angeles, 12-5 record. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. He struggles at times in the in the, in the the regular season, really turns it on. He had an underrated postseason really really good postseason four and oh in his first year in the playoffs uh with the rams uh and i don't know if you saw that no look throw to cooper cup on that final drive what a throw i mean matthew stafford makes a couple throws like this every game so he to me is definitely uh one of my biggest winners from this just to have him finally win a super bowl finally play meaningful games yeah no you know, I was very hyped to see, you know, Matthew Safford finally get one. I don't think anyone deserves a Super Bowl win more than that man. I mean, the amount of pain and everything he went through in Detroit. And, you know, to come to, to, to L.A. in his first season, ball out, and, and win a Super Bowl, just credit to Matthew Stafford for sticking it, you know, through all the tough times in Detroit and even tough times in L.A., you know, what didn't come easy for him. But, you know, good for, for, for Stafford to, and Cup to, you know, finally get one. And I guess we move on to the losers. Joe, I'm having a tough one here. I'm, 
I'm almost tempted to not say a loser because the game was so good. I think both teams played so well. I think the refs did a great job up until the final two minutes, and I don't want to just throw the refs in there because I feel like they they did a. I think they did a really good job. Halftime show was a banger in my eyes. Yeah. I really liked the halftime didn't even show. Talk about that. Um. So honestly, Joe, you can throw I, another I winner cannot, out there if you want. Um. Man, that's even tough, Joe. It just. All in all, I think this year was just... Uh, I, you know what, Joe? I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw no losers in the Super Bowl, um, even though the Bengals did lose, but no losers yeah. here. I'm going to say an, uh, you know, my, my next winner, my final winner for the season, just the NFL in whole. I think this season was great. I think the playoffs were amazing. Other than uh, Wild Card Weekend, every single game seemed to be close, tight, and just so fun to watch. And then the Super Bowl went out with probably one of the best halftime performances I've ever seen. One of the better games I've ever watched. I just think this year, in whole, and like as a whole, was a win, Joe. That's awesome. Yeah, I I agree. This was definitely one of the most fun football seasons I've ever I've ever recalled. And just the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals were playing in the Super Bowl, like just so bizarre, so weird, so crazy. And that's been the whole season. I mean, every week for 18 weeks, I came on here and said, this week was the craziest week in the whole world. And I said it every single week because every single week it felt true. Uh, and so many good games, so many fun moments. And I like that you're just trying to stay positive, no losers. I'll quickly throw just a little one in there, just a, a little bit of negativity. Losers, I'm going to say defensive backs in this game because we had Jalen Ramsey. He was burnt toast in this game. Eli Apple. That guy was getting clowned by everybody on social media because he talked a bunch of crap to be Cole Hardman and, and, and Tyreek Hill and all that. He was getting clowned. And also Vernon Hargraves, who was inactive in this game, got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for running onto the field in street clothes. What, is, what are you doing, buddy? What are you doing? You just cost your team yards and you're not even playing in the game. Uh, so I'll just throw that out there. Defensive backs are my loser, but yeah, let's let's try to stay positive. It is the end of the season, but that's pretty much yeah. That's gonna wrap wrap us up uh, for the 2021-2022 NFL season. Uh, what is there left to say? It was a, a crazy fun year. Uh, I really appreciate you guys sticking sticking up, you know, sticking around with us, uh, listening to us every week, sharing us with your friends. Uh, on social media or whatever, uh, subscribing. We really appreciate that, Mike. Uh, I appreciate having you on every week and JT, you know, doing all the work and being on and, and just talking banter at the beginning of the episode. It's just, it's really fun and uh, really rewarding. Uh, and this season in the NFL has been really rewarding. And we're going to be back uh, at some point. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, just kind of go on vacation, not literally go on vacation because you know we don't have that kind of money we still got to go do our day jobs but we're going to take a little break from the podcast just to kind of just kind of take a breath debrief we, we we do work really hard we do a lot of prep for this podcast it's not just coming up here and just talking into a mic you know there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes we're going to try to take a little break take a little breather get the podcast uh 
better. Like just think about how we can improve the podcast, potentially maybe making, you know, content for YouTube and and, and stuff like that, maybe more content on social media. So keep an eye on uh, the Instagram and and the Twitter for that. I might be doing some free agency stuff and me and Mike might be back within the next couple of weeks, maybe having some free agency talk, free agencies in a month. Really excited for that. Really excited for the off season. I love the off season. It's one of my favorite parts of the of the NFL season. So I'm really looking forward to that, Mike. I don't know what else. Uh, if you have anything else you want to say to our loyal listeners and and just to you know everybody listening to the Average Joe Football Show. Joe, I just wanna I just wanna give a quick shout out to all the all the listeners and you know hopefully future viewers. Um, I hope that in this off season and this break we take, we can maybe get some stuff figured out. And you know, if it's not YouTube right away, maybe you know, you know, get get some more social media going, maybe some more content on there, um, just to kind of branch out a little. Um, so all you listeners out there, just hang on tight, and I promise you, we're going to be bringing you some fire content here shortly. Uh, but I just want to, I just want to thank Joe. I want to thank JT. I want to thank all the fans. I want to thank my wife. I want to thank just everyone. I want to thank the NFL for giving us such a good season. I want to, th- and you know, like I was saying, Joe, I just want to thank you for allowing me to come on the show. It's been so fun this entire yeah, year. Pleasure, it's been man. so easy. It's, it's been great. And I mean, as long as y'all have me, I'm ready to sign for next year. <laughs> I'm ready to sign to do this again for a full season because man, it was, it was epic. Um, and it was a lot of fun. And I hope you viewers had a lot of fun hearing me and Joe just go back and forth. And, you know, like I said, we want to bring a whole lot more content to y'all. So I hope you guys will enjoy that as well. But just just thank you guys. Thank everyone. Thank the NFL. This, just thank you, Mac Jones, of course. And uh, <laughs> I, am, I am beyond hyped uh, for, for a month or however long the break is. I'm, I'm hyped to be back. And I, I just can't wait to bring out more content. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you guys for listening uh, every week. We, you, we really do appreciate it. We don't have a huge you know, listenership. Like We're not you know, the Joe Rogan experience. But those of you that do listen week in and week out, like, you have no idea how much we really appreciate it. And I feel like it's been too long since I've thanked you guys for, for listening. Uh, I used to do it almost every episode, but I, I, I really do appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and sharing and, and, and all that and you know people that are buying sweaters with the average Joe football show on it like you have no idea like that means a lot to me and I really do appreciate it because we put a lot of work in we take a lot of pride and I'm, I'm really really excited for the future of the show I, I really am I think there's some big things happening uh, for sure I think we're, we're we're only going better places and Mike like you, you know, you say you know you're you're thanking me for for allowing you on the podcast, but I got to thank you for coming on and and making it that much more fun. Honestly, having another guy to talk football about, it's been it's changed the dynamic 100% of the podcast, and I've I've really really enjoyed you having on. And I know it's free agency, so we're gonna have to work really hard to sign you to a new big contract, but uh, we're we're gonna do our best uh, to to get you on uh, next season as well and uh you know mike just uh just sign me in bitcoin joe <laughs> okay yeah we'll try to work that out we'll try to we'll try to get the blockchain going for you um uh, but um no we're, we're really excited i know mike's bringing a lot of really good ideas to the podcast and that really excites me so guys just stay tuned uh this sounds like a new year's 
podcast or something like we're just to celebrate. But it is. It's the end of the NFL season. Uh, it's time to reflect on what was an awesome season, an awesome and second season of the podcast and I'm excited to go back and just see how much the podcast has grown we're, we're coming up on a hundred episodes so it's just it's incredible it's really cool and again thank you guys so much for listening make sure if you do listen every week uh, you give us a five star rating that you have no idea how much that means to us if we get a five star rating leave us a nice review uh, heck if you even just want to put a knock knock joke in the review whatever as long as it's a five star rating that's phenomenal. Subscribe. That means a ton. Subscriptions are huge. Downloads are massive for uh, the podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Average Joe Show. And Mike, I don't know if you have anything else. I know I already said this, but anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? I think I think we're having some technical difficulties, Mike. Uh, didn't hear me asking him that, but I'll I'll just wrap up the show. Um, and yeah, thank you guys very much for tuning in for Mike, for JT behind the mic doing all the hard work, and for all of you listening. Uh, we're excited for free agency, excited for uh, the start of a new NFL season, also excited for a little bit of a break. But until then, until the next time on the podcast. Uh, we will catch you guys on the next one.